Welcome to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. I am Monster, and joining me is Danger. Say hello, Danger. Hello, Danger. That joke's and- never going to get old. I'm, it's just, it's not, we will forever do it. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's the dad in us. Yeah. <laughs> this morning, we are going to talk about a band that uh, recently has come into a little bit of hype, but has been around for a couple years now Sleep Token. And we are going to discuss their debut album, Sundowning, from November 21st, 2019. So, Danger, give us a little bit of your uh history with sleep token if you have any i do have a little bit not a whole lot so sleep token was one that kind of came onto our radar quite a few years ago and it was before sundowning had actually come out and it was you know just hey this is a band that's creating some buzz they've got some things going on and i know you and i have talked about how when a new band shows up they have to do covers of songs just to, you know, because they don't have the catalog of music for, you know, live concerts and all. And they have, you know, quite a few covers that they released out. I think it was the the Whitney Houston cover that actually first got sent my way. I don't think I really gave it much of a listen. I gave yeah. I gave them kind of a passive listen and didn't really give them much more than that. And I I don't really have a lot more to go with sleep token. I know the fiance brought them to me recently and you know, I say recently it's probably about, I don't know, six months ago or so. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. But as she was listening to them, I started listening to them more and I was like, oh, there's something behind these guys. Yeah. So that's pretty much my entire, what I'm bringing to the table as far as, you know, my background with them, very limited, very passive, you know, just recently sure. started listening to them a little bit more purposefully. Sure. So back in 2019, uh, in December, my wife and I went to go see, uh, don't know if it had, I think it was just called the Beautiful Oblivion Tour, but it was Issues with Polyphia, Lil Aaron, and Sleep Token. And there was there was one or two other bands too. Um, they're escaping me at the moment. But so... I knew issues very well. I knew Polyphia very well. So I went and listened to Lil Aaron and the other openers. And I remember listening to Sleep Token and I didn't get it. Like it, it didn't work for me. It was real slow. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the, the bounciness and the grooves of issues and Polyphia. And so when I listened to the first, you know, one or two songs that I found by Sleep Token, not not feeling it just wasn't feeling it yeah so we get to the show and i am again like we talked about on the issues episode they're one of my all-time favorite bands so never seen them live before i'm really really hype me and me and my wife sarah right near the front and uh the first band goes on i think there might have been one more and then sleep token comes out so we're standing there and here come these four dudes with capes and masks and they look like they're going to be like this brutal death metal, but instead it starts with this real tinkly little piano and this soaring, clean, almost at times operatic vocal. And I looked at Sarah and I was like, what the hell is this crap? I hate it. This is dumb. 
And I was like not on board right. at all. Okay. A couple weeks later, I, I guess maybe I didn't know Sundowning was out yet. And all I had heard were like the couple of singles and the covers and stuff. So I sat down with the album Sundowning. And I remember as soon as it started, I like froze. And as soon as I actually sat down and paid attention, it just sucked me in. And I have been a diehard Sleep Token fan ever since. Okay. I, feel, I feel stupid that I didn't enjoy it when I saw it live now because I'm dying to see them live and they don't ever come anywhere near here. Or if they do, it sells out immediately or it's at a giant festival that I'm too old and fat to go to. So look, I am too old. I'm not going to say I'm too fat to go to, but I'm going to see them, you know, in September. So now I will say there is a difference between seeing sleep token in the dark in a club Versus at four in the afternoon when the sun's out, but it'll still be good. I, I I guarantee you it will be good. So I'm really hoping that they give them a uh, a slot in the dusk, um, the sun's going down, or at night or something. Where they had them placed in the the poster they released has me thinking that they're going to put them on not a main stage, kind of a smaller, not the smallest, a medium stage, and towards the end of the day. That's my thought on so, it. So I will say, so the album we're going to discuss today is from 2019. It's called Sundowning, and it's their first full-length album. They had released yep. some EPs and some covers before this. At the time of recording this, they just released their third full-length album, Take Me Back to Eden, which has just smashed expectations of what this band could be or would ever be. They went from a couple hundred thousand plays on Spotify to millions of plays. In no time. Uh, like overnight no time. almost. Literally yeah. within weeks. And um, so you're probably not wrong. I, I would imagine that just within the past couple of months, you, you will see Sleep Tokens uh, stock rise for sure. Already have. And, it's it's yes, been impressive. for sure. So I would imagine, you know, they did play Blue Ridge last year and I've seen a couple of the videos and it's broad daylight. I would imagine they are they have a much better time slot now for sure. Well, one of the things I will say for Blue Ridge is they've done a really good job of recognizing those who have risen in popularity and moving them to a better time slot. Like for instance, Bad Omens played last year, broad mm -hmm. daylight, but this year they've got I think they're actually on the same stage as as Sleep Token on a different day, but they've got a later day time slot. Yeah. You know, they got a bigger name on the poster. So, all right. This album, I have, I don't want to say mixed feelings about, but I have confusing feelings about. But, sure. But it occurred to me last night what this was, because this album, this band, the album that they put out, it's not the album and follow me here. It's not the album nope. that gets you. It's the whole thing. It, okay. It's the whole thing. And so when you, when you sat down and gave this album attention that it needs in your head, you had the performance, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so that leads me to say the next statement, this band is a great band and they are very well in they're they're very intentional and very well executed and they execute everything very well. I was stumbling over my words. But this is a band 
it's metal music for theater kids. The way I described it was this is less of a band and more of an art installation mm-hmm. that focuses on music. Yep. And so You're I know exactly right. Yep. So I know that there's been a lot of question about who are they, who are they, who are they? And to be honest with you, it doesn't matter. Because nope. look at any other band that has done something like them. And I know we're going to talk about, as we are already, the band and the stage performance and all, which is almost impossible to not talk about that. Sure. Yeah. When we're just going to, when we were just going into talking about this one album, whenever a band of people come together to create music, you put out a performance. But when you put out a performance that has more than just walking on stage, picking up guitars, picking up drumsticks, picking up a microphone, when you come out with masks and a persona, it's yeah. so much more. It's so much bigger. And you have everything from Kiss, who I do not like. I, I don't like nope. Kiss. Nope. Never have. Uh, they could kiss, kiss my ass. I don't like them. <laughs> but uh, to Slipknot, who I've never really liked Slipknot's music, but they put on a hell of a show. If you ever get a chance yeah. to see them, people, please go see them. It's yeah, well I worth it. I saw them live just a couple of years ago. Is phenomenal yeah Absolutely. they're gonna be at blue ridge this year again and after seeing a few songs of their set last year yeah i will be staying for it. but it's impossible to listen to an album like this and hear all of the movements because i began to listen to this quite differently than i had in the beginning it's got movements within songs yes. i'm going to go ahead and state now i do not think they all are required or needed or work at times, but they, they are there. And that's one of the places that I found this album very confusing. And I have conflicting things to say about it because it's an amazing album. It's an excellent album, but it's not a great album all the way through, but it is good all the way through. It's very difficult for me to really put my finger on. Does that make sense at all? Or am I just rambling incoherently? Both. So, Fair enough. <laughs> so one one last thing before we get into the album proper. One last thing to try to help our our listeners understand. If you've never seen what Sleep Token looks like, I would I would recommend googling the imagery. The image is I don't want to say as important as the music, but it is a extremely important piece to all of this. Mm-hmm. The vocalist goes by the moniker Vessel, and the band name Sleep Token comes from Vessel being visited by this god who the the closest way we can pronounce it in English is sleep. And so the songs are a form of worship to the god sleep. Take all of that however you want to take it. There's, it's kind of like the Coheed thing. There's lore there, and mm-hmm. if you want to get into it and explore it, cool. If you just want to take it for what it is, it's still worth checking out. You know, So I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the lore and Vessel's message and all the worship thing and all that stuff. But to dive into the actual music, to your point during your um, Billy Madison style rant. Um, it's, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> this is, I, I often hear people refer to sleep token as a metal band or a modern metal band with this or with that, or with this mixed in. And I disagree. I 
do not call Sleep Token a metal band. I don't really call Sleep Token any genre of music. They're the only band, as much as Issues was mixing R&B and hip-hop and metal and 311 mixes jazz and funk and rock and all this stuff, I've never heard a band do what Sleep Token does as far as going from that dark, moody, uh, you know, 2020s pop production, piano ballads into drop a flat, gent, weird time signature, mm-hmm. screaming stuff. There is no other band that does that. Now, does it work for you? Your mileage may vary. For some people, and I think this is where you're coming at it, and I've heard other people say this, they love it when Sleep Token throws down. They don't love it when they go on for four minutes and it's just piano and vocals. They want to get to the heavy stuff sooner or vice versa. They're cool with the pop stuff, but then when they start screaming and it gets the weird time signatures and those real dissonant jangly chords, they start to check out. And I, so I get it. I understand this is not for everybody for sure. So, okay. Yes and no for what you just said. So I like both parts of what Mm. they bring to the table. I don't think every time they've smashed them together, was it needed? You know, especially in their later stuff. I know that this album actually uh, did not have the full band that, Mm -hmm. that we have now the, the four members. So it is a bit different musically, but we're going to try not to compare it to other albums. Well, so, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way, too. This is their first album. They yeah. are now on to their third album. And if you listen to those three in a row, you hear the progression. Right. Everything that they are trying to do on this album, it, at least in my opinion, gets perfected as the later albums go on, for sure. So you can hear that with almost every band, a progression of. And the thing is that some some bands, the longer they're around, they'll actually have a lower period of time, like the Rolling Stones have a lower period of time. But they've put out so much damn music that they they have an ebb and flow within their deal. But, you know, you can hear, you know, some bands get better, some bands get worse. And, you know, and one of the things I'm going to go back to, and I meant to say this before, like Coheed, yes, there is the lore. And if you want to get into it, you can. And I went down a rabbit hole of the lore, by the way. I I have a working Word document, and I say working as if I'm going to go back to it. I'm not going to for a while. I'll get back to it at some point. And it is just where I found tons and tons and tons of their stuff, and I was just copying it over, trying to put it in order, and it was I got so damn distracted with it. My ADD was off the roof that day. But yep. I do think that the need to put the lore in actually – hurt the album which is where they were smashing together these two different juxtapositions of music but they did it in a much smoother manner than the coheed album that we discussed in keeping secrets and while i think it was really cool to hear it i felt like one of the things that really helped to listen to it was to forget that there was a sudden change that was really still being worked out at this point. So, and and I know we're kind of delaying getting into these songs here. We have to talk about all this stuff. We have to. I know, I know. It's it's you can't have a discussion, especially about this band, without having this part of it first. I I, I agree with you that I think that 
the lyrics on these songs are usually rather simple. Um, there's not a whole lot of lyrics to each song, and the songs are not very long. Now, again, moving forward Ooh. into some of their later records, they get much longer. But, you know, here, the longest you're going to get is about five and a half, six minutes. Right. They have songs on later albums that go into the nine, 10, 12 yes. minute range. What is the now, first, wait, how long is the first track on the new album? It's like nine uh, minutes long, something like that. It's like eight. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then the last track I think is, or not the last track, but one of the last tracks is 12. But like you said before, there's movements. Yes. And there's movements. There's of, not parts. It's like a, like a symphony has movements within a song. Yeah. Okay, that's see, what that's I mean by movements. Yes. And that's one thing that I think Sleep Token does that, again, as I've said on previous episodes, I'm not a huge fan of proggy stuff that goes on forever unless it's it's actively doing something or actively building to something. And I think Sleep Token is one of the best builders of any of these genres because a song will start literally with with just Vessel's voice and him and a piano. And it's just simple and haunting and beautiful and then three minutes later there it sounds like a bookshelf just fell down and there is just smashing going on everywhere and it's like you kind of stop and you're like how the hell did we even get here like but when you're listening to it it all just just it's so smooth like the transitions are just so it it feels natural to combine these unnatural sounds so there are many, many times, yes, I will agree with you, they are masters of building a song and building a mood and build, building a feeling, but there are times where it's like they will work to build and then suddenly change, and it doesn't quite work for me. And that's more prevalent on future albums instead of this one, mm-hmm. the second album, than this one. This one, I did come to really, really appreciate pretty much every song on it. I do have, I I have mostly positive things to say about it. I do have a few negative things to say about it, but the most impressive aspect of this entire album was just balancing catchy and proggy aspects of things. Yes. And, and I, and I agree with you. I think I, I'll be honest. I was going to try to wait to listen, to take me back to Eden. I could not wait. You failed. Um, You failed hard and fast. Immediately. Immediately. Like, Immediately. So I've listened to that one two or three times the whole way through. And and I've listened to This Will Be Your Tomb or This Will Become Your Tomb or whatever. And I, I'll i be honest, that one did not sink its teeth into me as much as these other two have. But I, I want now that I'm getting more and more into this new album, I want to go back and, and try that one. There's some great stuff on it. Don't get me wrong. I love it, too. But. I just it didn't like sit with me as deeply as Sundowning and Eden. So I think to fully but, have a to have a full conversation about this band, we almost have to have a full conversation about the sta- the status of music, live performance, and yes, what a what a band brings to the table when they're not just picking up guitars and drumsticks. Like I was saying, it's just, I I feel like there needs to be a full conversation about that. And so if anybody wants to hear that, please let us know. We will (laughs) be more than happy to dive into that. One last thing. And just to, to piggyback off of that is I doing the research and, and preparing myself for this. I, I saw a little 
video of uh, Nick Nocturnal. He's a guitar guy yep. and YouTube yep. creator. And he was talking about the new album, but just kind of Sleep Token in general. And I think for any legit music fan, I, I don't mean just someone who listens to a lot of music, but I mean like a music critic. I mean a music producer. I think looking at what Sleep Token has accomplished over the past couple years, the genre bending, the combinations of metal and pop and jazz and R&B and all of that stuff put together, I think you have to have an actual like conversation about music in general, just yep. like changing the entire face of the music industry because this isn't a boy band. These guys are dressed like monsters, yet yep. they somehow create these beautiful arrangements and it's like nothing else in the world, you know? The best I can do, uh, the best label I can put on it, I guess, is just theatric, operatic, prog metal. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's so hard to define. Like, it really is. And I don't know why we have to really, label everything. Just, you know. I, but th and that's kind of what I was saying. Was we're I not labeling you, it. Let's be in a cat. We're just, we're just having fun. It's its own thing, completely. Yeah. So to dive into these songs for a minute. Um Starting right out the gate with The Night Does Not Belong to God. This was, again, like I said, I had seen him live. I had heard this song live, and I was just, it, it just didn't do anything for me. But then when I was like, all right, let me give these guys a chance. And I sat down, I put my headphones on. As soon as that little... As soon as it started, I kind of just froze in my seat and was like, uh, what is happening? Like, it was pretty, but dark. And then when Vessel's voice comes in, it just, it's gorgeous, but haunting. And like we said, it just builds and it just gets a little more and a little more. The drums kick in before the rest of the guitars and stuff. And it just, it just builds and builds. And, to me, this is this, in my opinion, is an incredible opening track and one of my favorite by Sleep Token in their entire discography. It is a good opening track, but it's not the opening track I would have picked, if that makes any sense, off of this album. And that's one of the things that I really feel like this album kind of hurt from is or was hurt by that I, you know, don't think that the tracks were picked in a great order. And it was during this one where I realized two things. One, Vessel's a big fan of the Casio keyboard. And two, Vessel, I think his biggest inspirations as far as his uh, vocal tones go, all come from 50s and 60s crooners. What I always thought was funny was um, someone said he sounds like Chino Marino mixed with Chris Martin from Coldplay. Well, see, it's funny because... I felt like this song actually had a big Deftones feel to it, but more complete Deftones feel to it when it hit big. Don't get me wrong. It did a great job of building up to that, but it was, uh, you know, between the looping guitars, the synth patterns and the, just the crunch of the guitars, that that tone, yeah. it had a very Deftones feel to it. That was actually something that, I I realized when I was listening to it, it was one of those things I listened to it through headphones, and that's where I got that. And then 
I found that within trying to look up stuff about this band and just trying to find stuff out about this band. Damn it, me and my curiosity and its research. Sleep Token sounds like Sleep Token, period. But if you are trying to find bands that have some similarities, Deftones comes up a lot. And that, again, it's just a dynamics thing. Right. Deftones doesn't have these piano kind of like ballady moments. But when they're grooving and they're heavy, it's a very similar vibe to the way that Sleep Token does. But also within this song, so there's the, the whole section where it's almost like he's harmonizing in auto-tune. Mm-hmm. And I got a very big, what I've come to find out is it is pronounced Siguro, <laughs> you know, yeah. Siguro's and- feeling. Like, I, I got that feeling from it entirely that it was like, it, it's almost like he found a way to mix, and I say he because it was really just him on this album, you mm-hmm. know, mix the, you know, 50s crooners, Deftones, and, uh, and, inspiration from bands like Siguro. And and you'll hear more of that in later records too, where he will literally layer six, seven, eight vocal tracks on top mm-hmm. of themselves. And it sounds it's pretty cool because Imogene Heap did this a long, long yeah. time ago on one of her it's records. Not, it, it's something that's been done for a long time. So you know, right. it's, it's not and new it, by any means. But when you add all those layers, it gives it this digital effect. But it's really just the harmonization. Like there's so many voices at once. There's really not a whole lot of extra production being added to it. As far as like auto tune goes, there is some, of course, because every yeah. song does nowadays. Uh, but yeah, it's just a, it's just his voice layered so many times. And so coming out of that song, going into the offering, which, well, well I, one of the notes that I put for that first song is, that song is an exercise and should be looked at in schools for how to layer and build dynamics. Yes. It's, it it really is a perfection in a song of that in itself. Go on, go on. And, and, and to, so again, I agree. I, like I said, I absolutely adore that song. And that's still like, if I'm in the middle of doing something and, and Spotify is on shuffle and those three little notes at the top of that song kick in, I stop what I'm doing because I'm like, oh, I have to pay attention to this. Um, But then it goes into the offering. Which I think was a smart move because the offering does not have that long build. It jumps in front yep. which is not something they do very often there's a couple songs on here and there's throughout their catalog but that's almost a rarity for them to have just a short intro into a heavy riff short um, intro that was okay intro in this song okay sorry i was gonna say that first song's almost six minutes long no no no, no, no. the first song has a very long intro but yeah. when the offering kicks in it has a similar vibe to the first song but it's it's a lot heavier up front it it doesn't take so long to get to um, the heavy stuff. The The offering tells you exactly what's going to happen up front if you're paying attention because it starts with what I could only describe as industrial tones. Tones kind that are found that. in industrial metal and it's mm-hmm. just, and the heavier riffs come in like a punch. And it's just, it's very angry from the beginning. 
It is. And then by the time you get to the end, it is just this concophony of brutal guitars. And it's just insane. It gets so heavy by the end of the song. So what does track three do? Well, actually, <laughs> um, this one, the offering, I found it to be almost like if Issues, going mm-hmm. back to to Issues, tried their hand at industrial dream pop. <laughs> On this one, I put they chose the um, the ambiance and emotive singing over the hooks. And I thought that that was really good, that they really put effort into what the song was going to be over just this little part to keep you coming back. So, And in retrospect, it makes sense that Issues would want these guys on tour with them. Right. I can see the guys hearing their you know, Sleep Tokens early stuff and being hip to it. Mm-hmm. It does make a lot of sense. So, but, so that track number two, yeah. um, I got to laughing when I heard it once in my car because I want you to listen to track number two and just imagine Sleep Token singing you are my sunshine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go, just go back and listen to it because I listened to that in the car one day and it was just all I could hear in my head was just vessel singing. You are my sunshine. So anyway, <laughs> that sounds terrifying. But it absolutely it would, is. It would also make sense on a sleep token record. Like it wouldn't shock me if that was somewhere in there, <laughs> the way they suck the fun out of, I want to dance with somebody. Yes. Yeah, they're going to suck the sunshine out of You Are My Sunshine. I believe it. So as I was saying, this song ends with this just massive, just detuned guitar throwdown Mm -hmm. into track three, which is Levitate. Which is another one of my personal favorites, but it starts. Why? Why so, is it a favorite? I want to hear. It's just beautiful. Just the piano line and the vocal melody is so simple and just so catchy and earwormy. And it, it's, it's one of those kind of moments that just gives me chills. And I think that, again, talking about the juxtaposition, the, you know, banging up against, you know, two different feelings coming out of the offering into something like the beginning of levitate is something a lot of music people will not have an easy time with. For me, I love metal and I love pop. So it it's it doesn't feel uncomfortable. But I just loved how those three tracks roll into each other. And levitate structurally is a little more like the night does not belong to God where it starts off very slow and very simple and it kind of gradually builds, but no, I love that song. I I think it's gorgeous. So they call their concerts worship. You know, the whole idea behind sleep tokens name is they are paying this God sleep. And number three was a track that I could have actually kept off this album or moved on to a different part. The comparisons to or where they say their concerts are worship and then this song sounds like it was written by hillsong or bethel music or one of those it sounds like it's a damn worship song but it is it it, it is it, it absolutely I mean, I is what they're going for <laughs> yeah but following the powerhouse that we just came off of number two 
that I feel like should have been the opening track, personally. Mm-hmm. I do not want to come down from just this like crunching, genty high that I just came off of but into that- this. That's the sleep token thing, though. See, and that's the part that I've I've had this discussion with some of my other friends that I, and I'm definitely not one of those dudes like, no, you don't get it. No, that, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I understand that that is too much for some people because it is such a jarring difference. If 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 Levitate would have started a little big. And then kind of trickled down into the first verse. It might have smoothed over a lot of people that feel exactly the way you do, because it literally goes from, like you said, a brutal industrial metal breakdown to a praise and worship piano ballad. And it's weird. It's super weird. <laughs> so, whereas, you know, we've talked about how they are masters almost of the buildup in a song. I do not think they are masters of the buildup and, you know, maintaining momentum within their track listing. I do not think Levitate should be at this point. I think that, as I said before, I think the thing that really hurts this album is its track listing, its order. I feel like Levitate should be before the big buildup of the crutch of track two or after it's come back down, but not quite a sudden change. I do think that his voice really gets time to shine here, really gets time to play within the the soundscapes that the piano creates. And and I do actually like the lyrics from this. I, you know, I yeah. put it down. Will you levitate up where the angels inhabit? Will you levitate where I won't reach you? That's fun to me. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's such a heavy subject matter after coming off such a heavy ass song. Yeah. And, I think it's a good song, but it is quite clearly written as a worship song, you know, quite clearly. And I, I don't agree with it being here in this place. That's my biggest criticism of it. So, so I will say that for me, one, two, three, I I wouldn't change it. I think it's beautiful. I I like the way it, it flows. Now for me, this is where the record, I don't want to say starts to turn a little bit, but the middle section of this record to me is a little weaker. So track four is called Dark Signs. In your eyes. And I miss the man I was. The moment we left. Track five is called Higher. Your own and I. Six is called Take Aim, and track seven is called Give. like that was a stronger point of this album personally so so here's the thing all of these songs are very good 
sleep token songs. Right. They all have a mix of that modern pop production, R&B piano, building to these heavy guitar parts and these big hooky choruses. All of that is in all of these songs. Mm -hmm. But none of the parts are as memorable to me as some of in the first couple songs and in the, the last couple songs. Okay. They're all there. All the components are there and yeah. they work really well. Specifically, I think Dark Signs is a really cool song. It's it's practically just the weekend. I mean, it's basically a song by the weekend. And then I think it's uh which one is it? Give, I think is kind of cool because it's kind of sexy. Yeah. But but overall that that little section is fine. It's good. It's Sleep Token doing what they do. But I don't think any of those songs quite reach the highs of some of the other songs. And and that's one of the places where I have an issue with track three being where it is, is you've got this buildup of track one, which is very well executed. And mm -hmm. to the aggression of track three, just this like, okay, so... I was work. I worked at a hotel years ago. And I got held up, and let me tell you, my adrenaline was pumping when that guy left. It, it was pumping, and then when the cops showed up, is how I felt when track three came on because there was like it was like it it's over, but I'm still up here. And track four, five, six, seven, it helped maintain that <laughs> that feeling. Like I get you. it helped get put you. me there, and it those tracks are really like that middle section of the of the album really showed me and my note is their diversity is matched only by their musicality ability and that middle section of this album really showed me that so let me let me clarify sleep token is one of my absolute favorite bands i have been obsessed with these guys once i finally shut up and paid attention so when i say that tracks 4 through 7 don't hit me as much. I'm still putting them leaps and bounds above music by lots of other bands. Yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm I'm yeah, I'm definitely not saying I don't like them. Yeah. I'm just saying that for me, by by track four, and I do like Dark Signs. I do like the the moodiness of that one, but that little stretch is sort of it's all good. I like sure. all of it, but it it doesn't quite, you know. It doesn't do it and for then, you. Not like yeah. the rest of the album. And that's that's right. fair. But, you know, that middle section of this album is one of the best sections to me. And that and I really felt like each of those songs was a movement within itself of where the album needed to go, needed to be. And, and without, you know, spending too much time on every single track, just, you know, there's just a little like, for example, I, I really like the, the end of higher when it gets really heavy. Uh, like I said, I really like the lyrics in Give. So, you know, there's bits and pieces in every one of those songs that I do love. Mm -hmm. But then track eight shows up. Yep. <laughs> track eight. Gods. Gods.
How, how do you feel about gods? I I liked it. It's not my favorite, yeah. but I liked it. I actually okay. So you know how White Pony was supposed to be Deftones, and I'm going back to the Deftones thing yeah. because that's the closest thing to compare it to, and we need something to hold on to. You know how White Pony was supposed to be like Deftones Kid A, and really like change it. Yeah. So I felt like this song was equivalent to what Deftones wanted to be, but mm-hmm. better. You know, it's that. it's better. It's just it's more well done. It's more well executed. It's more it's better, more well crafted. Let's put it that way. So and- it is it is very clear that this song is angry. If you listen to the words, it is about a God's wrath. <laughs> Just yeah, it's, it's about people putting their hope into false gods. And this is another one of those where vessel I think is trying to get the point across that sleep is the true God. And again, if, go into how deep for that you want to get into. Um, but to me, just, it's all, it's all performance. It's, that's, it is. It, yeah. It is. Uh, but surface level, it is a brutal ass song. Yeah. And now I know we've talked about track orders and track listings and stuff. For me, this is where that needed to go because at this point, I was like, I like this band. They're interesting. I'm into it. But I feel like four, five, six, I'm like, they're kind of repeating some of the same beats here. They're they're not throwing anything new at me. And then this comes out of nowhere. And when this one hit me, I was like, I'm back in. I'm 100% back in. I agree with you. I don't think it's the best song on the record, but it's something that they hadn't started a song that way yet. So it it was, we're on track eight and we're, he's still hearing new things, which I, I really appreciated that. So what I will say for eight, my biggest criticism of this song is that it feels like it was two very separate songs that were written and they had to find a way to go. We like these two things and we want to put them together. We can use the drums to stitch these things together and make a Frankenstein's monster of a song. This one does not build and layer Mm. the same way. A lot of the other songs do, right? This one just kind of changes. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And then nine, sugar. It's another one of my absolute favorites on this album. So sugar was one of the places where I really started to kind of, I guess it was between nine and three, which is where I started to piece together the whole, this is, this is metal music for theater kids where it's like mm-hmm. the, the parts are so different from each other. Yeah. I mean, to come off of track eight, which is just a damn good song yeah. into nine, which is another damn good song. That sounds like if you ate a shit ton of mushrooms and went to sleep, I mean, it sounds like a it nightmare is- of a nursery rhyme. So it's it's basically I believe it's a harp. I don't know if it's an actual harp or yeah, it's just a- so so I looked at it and it's a synth harp. So it's a harp played on a piano, basically. Yes. On a keyboard. And it 
and to your point, it has this very music box, twinkly kind of sound. And the lyrics are very sexual. It, Sleep Token is a very horny band. That is that they is are. awesome. For for all the mythos about the god sleep and being a vessel and worship, they're worshiping something else in a lot of these songs. Well, okay, sure. so it's four guys on the road. There's <laughs> there's not women around. As far as we know, they're not women under the, the robes. And as far as we as know, far they as like we know. women, I guess. I don't know. But uh, and at this point it was just one guy. So it was just him by himself. Yeah. So But but sugar, oh, that's that's another one. And and it does the same thing. This one a little bit more like the better versions like you uh levitate and you know, where it, it builds a little bit smoother. Um and, and that big chorus at the end, you know, sugar, I've developed a taste for you. Like, yeah, that's so mm, I, I do feel like this one was where he got less croony and he kind of lived in his falsetto a little bit more. A little bit. Yeah. And a so little bit. I did appreciate that about it. Cause it did give me a big change in his vocals because I'm honestly, I do get a little burnt out on his vocal styling because it is so, I don't, I, there's nothing unique, in the background. I, not, I don't know. Anyway, there's nothing in the background about Vessel's vocal. This is a band that puts the vocals front and center almost when it doesn't need to be like, it's clearly Vessel's project and the vocals are. And again, if going back to the whole lore part of it, yeah, the words are kind of what you're supposed to, you know, get a lot out of, but I agree. The falsetto with the harp twinkling at the beginning of this song is like equal parts moody and pretty and sexy and scary. Like it's just, there's so many emotions. And I think that's Sleep Token as a whole, their whole body of work is a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. It just, it just goes all over the place, even in one song. So I don't know if other people that don't watch as many horror movies as you and I do or have find uh, nursery sounds as terrifying, but we do for sure. For sure. And that's definitely what's going on here. So then you have track 10, uh, say that you will. Track 11, uh, Drag Me Under. And these two, I feel like... I, I probably feel about these two similar to how I felt about that stretch from about four to seven or so. These are good songs, they're they're both kind of just straightforward, mostly piano ballady, with the build up and the heavier stuff coming in. Drag Me Under doesn't have that actually. Drag Me Under, I think, stays pretty low key from start to finish. So um, what I one of my notes here on Drag Me Under is this feels like a filler track, and it could be combined with track three and actually move different in the the order listing. This feels like an ambient interlude, really. You know, yeah, it just yes, feels like it's yeah. just there to create this feeling, but it doesn't add anything by any means. So, yeah. And, and saying that, and I was going to say, say that you will 
feels more like a fleshed out full sleep token song. But it's it's just a it's just a good one. It's not a it doesn't have quite the hook. It doesn't have quite the memorable breakdown. It's a good song, but and so and, and say yeah. say that you will sounds like to me it sounds like if Imagine Dragons tried to be Sleep Token, which I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, you can definitely hear some Imagine Dragons in Sleep Token stuff yeah. for yeah. sure. Which for let's sure. be honest, Sleep Imagine Dragons isn't all a bad band, but they're not all a good band either. I'll be I'll be the first one to admit that I'm a little bit ignorant. I don't think I've heard anything other than what's on the radio, and I know that's not a good way to judge a band. No, but I hate everything I've heard, so it's hard for me to want to there's dive good, in. There's good parts about them, but their stuff gets overplayed really, really quick. It's just yeah, yeah. It's like they built they write entire songs of hooks, and then and then the the closing track, Bloodsport. Somewhere, somewhere the atom stops fusing. I'm still your favorite regret. Um, this is a fan favorite. A lot of people really like this song. I do too. I think it's a. I think this is a really, really good one. Very similar to Sugar and Levitate. It's beautiful. But there is this darkness that kind of like lingers underneath the surface. And it, I love it. I think this is a really good song. And the way it ends, my God, what a way to end a record. In, in my opinion. So, yeah, this is a great example of what it is to end a record. And this song is a great song. And I watched the time on it. It does not punch. It does not turn on the distortion until 225. Like, it's it's a lengthy song, but it doesn't feel like a lengthy song. And that's a good sign of a song. It doesn't feel like it's lasting forever. But the fact that they're able to create this entire mood. And we've talked about one of the greatest things about the best horror directors is they create the feeling of fear. They create the mood of discomfort. And this album does a great Mm -hmm. job of creating a mood. And this song does a fantastic job of it. Yes. Bloodsport is a damn good track. It's, it's just a damn good track. I don't, I mean, it's just so good. And the fact that it ends with where you were talking about, Vessel's vocals are very much in the foreground. I don't feel like once that distortion really hits, his vocals are the more important thing. I feel like his vocals do start to kind of fade back some, and you do start to hear some of the echo in it. And then at that closing piano piece, it sounds like he's crying. He is. So Vessel's voice, like you said, it's so unique and it's so strange that you can become fatigued with it. And I think that Vessel is very much under control of what he's trying to get across throughout the entire record. This one, he sounds a little unhinged. Yes. This one sounds like he's so overcome with emotion and feeling that 
he's not in full control of that vocal anymore. And he does break down at the end of the song and start crying. And I, I again, like what a powerful way to end such a powerful record. So um, the themes that I, I found that were present within this entire track, this entire album, excuse me, were all present within this last song where the themes were love, lust, betrayal, trust, heartache, and regret. All of those I feel within this last song, 100%. It, it just is. And yeah. actually it's within saying that that I realized that track three should have been a hidden track on this album. Yeah. I w- Not combined with the I, other one. Hidden track. Yeah. Maybe, but I just, I don't know that I want anything to come after this. Like, I feel like after this song ends, you need to just stop and, and walk away. Now, having a, a one more song that's a little breezier, like Levitate, hey, maybe you're right. Maybe that is a good, like, palate cleanser. But to me, the way this just, I don't want to say falls apart at the end, but the way it explodes at the end, just like. The way it's a controlled explosion, like, a controlled yeah. demolition, like when they yeah. knock down a casino. No. And that's the thing about hidden tracks to me is hidden tracks have never taken away from the ending of the album, but they've always just kind of added an extra treat at the end. If you want to hang in there for it, if you don't, you can pass it up. It's fine. So, yeah, you know, but no, this, this last, this last song is, is great. And this was another place where I put together that whole metal music for theater kids, where it's, is this an act at this point for him? Is this something that he is creating within itself? If so, cool he is putting together a performance and that's fine. Or if he just happened to be in the studio and recording the vocals and his emotion created the ending moment of this vocal performance, that's, that's all him. So. And I feel like the honest truth is there's something in the middle. I think that you put on the mask, you come up with this persona and this lore and you can get away with saying some things that you wouldn't feel comfortable saying in your own skin. Yep. And I think that it's probably a little bit of both because I have to imagine all the storytelling aside, this is a very emotional guy who's going through a lot of things and has found this weird way to interpret all of it and get it out. So I, I believe that's probably a fairly genuine moment there that he's, I, I can imagine being in the studio recording and having all these emotions and just kind of letting loose there. Yeah. But so that's it. That's sundowning. I love it. I love sleep token, but you know, that's, it's not for everybody. Uh, do you want to give some, some closing thoughts here? So, okay. Um, this is an album that I would say to fully, immerse yourself into this album and get what this album has to offer. Headphones are a requirement, but you can yeah. also also listen to it just without them, but you're not going to get as much. So headphones are a must if you really want to enjoy this album to its fullest. So my closing statement, yes, there is a metal influence on this album with gentish guitars. And I said gentish because, you know, gent-ish. I like that gent adjacent. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Mixed with some electronic sounds. I'm a fan of those sections and they sound good, but to enjoy this album and band, you have to get through sections of pop slash R&B, piano inserts, impassioned tones, and choir vocals in almost every track. 
God's is the heaviest uh, is the heaviest track, and I think it was the only one that actually starts out heavy and still has a piano. And yeah, yeah that really jumped out at me when I was listening. I was like, okay, we're still we're still doing piano things. Okay, I think cool. You're right. Yeah. If I was able to find a reason to smash in all the lighter parts, I would have enjoyed this album more. In short, I found this album confusing. I hate it and also like it and also love it and also want to throw it out the window. This album and band are a necessary part of the evolution of music. This is worth a listen again through headphones. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you want to stab an ice pick in your head. Either way, I think both are equally possible depending Mm -hmm. on who you are. This is a very intentional record that has almost the best songs. This is metal for theater kids. And I give this album an 8.7. Why do I give it such a high rating when I just, I, I don't, I don't know who I am anymore. Monster. I just don't know. Well, well, I think it's absolutely hilarious because I think I'm about to give the literal exact opposite of almost everything you just said and give it a much different score. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Go for it. Let me, let me hear your assessment. Yeah. Let me preface this by saying again, this is one of my favorite bands. I am only saying the way I'm going to present this is because I love so much of their other work that I I cannot 100 fully percent separate this album from Sleep Token in general. Okay? So, Which is understandable. I mean, it's Right. It's hard to talk about one part of a whole thing. So Yes, it, it would be the same. It, I, I know you had the same feelings probably when we were doing Coheed. That's one album in a huge catalog of music that you love. So Yes, yes, I 100% so, did. So I'll put it this way. Sleep Token is one of those bands that is genre-defining and is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of artist. More of an art installation than just a band. The storytelling and the visual aspects of the band only increase Sleep Token's memorable music. Sundowning is the first time a fully fleshed out Sleep Token experience was made available. Before this, they only released a couple of songs at a time. But for a band that is this diverse and unique from one song to the next, or in the same song, I feel it truly needs to be experienced as an album in its entirety and not just a couple of songs at a time. For some, the lore and the costumes may be seen as pretentious or unnecessary, but for me, I find this aspect intriguing and all the more interesting. The music can 100% stand alone. The visual components are not done out of gimmicks as much done out of the artist wanting to do more than just create great music. I don't believe Sundowning is the band's best record to date, but it is the first full-length record they ever put out, and for anyone looking to go down the rabbit hole that is Sleep Token, I would suggest they start here. 1 to 10, I give it a 7.5. Okay, so you gave it a much lower rating than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Much lower. And I guess that's because you are comparing it to the other stuff, where as I'm just trying to look at the new album. In fact... The fiance was getting quite irritated with me because I would not listen to the newest album and she was I, really wanting to share it with me. And I was like, no, and, let me get through this. Let me just could let me think about this album as a standalone thing. And I don't want anything to compare it to. 
So, so for anybody listening, a little peek behind the curtain here. Today is May 23rd. The album came out May 19th. Now, we originally scheduled to record this episode May 19th, and I was going to do the right thing and not listen to the new record until we recorded this. But we were both in different levels of sick, and so we decided to push it back a few days. I'm sorry. I cannot wait. I would not be able to wait. And- your apology is to yourself and not to me. That's fine. You know, <laughs> your, you your apology right. only affected your ranking of this album. I I agree. I think that my overall score would have been at least a half to to a full point higher. Was I unaware of what they were going to do? Yeah. And so for me, I still stand by my statement that if you want to get into Sleep Token, if you want to listen to the covers and the little EPs and stuff, there's some good stuff in there. It's not bad at all. Yeah. But you should start here. You should go into this place will become your tomb and then go into welcome. Uh, take me back to Eden. I think there's a real, you can feel the band changing and trying new things and experimenting. Uh, but as, as this one settles into me, um, I think this is a highly above average record, but it just doesn't quite leap reach the heights that i know sleep token will so this is a band that their evolution has been important and i do think they are an important part of the evolution of music and the music scene overall and it is a a big part of the full experience of them to listen to their albums in order and be a part of or experience the growing of them you know, I one of the actually one of the interesting things I meant to point out before and I did not is this album is also the instrumental version of this album is also on Spotify. And there were a couple of songs that I went and I just listened to the instrumental part of the song, uh, the instrumental version of the song without his vocals in it. Yeah. Just to get a different feeling of what it was that they were going for on that one. Mm-hmm. And so. I do think the instrumental parts are actually instrumental albums are actually a big important thing to listen to, but not necessary. But I do think that an important part of this band is to listen to each album. I feel like it's more important to know each album than to just grab an album and go, this is a good album. This this is a good one. And then you're going to go, their other stuff isn't good. Well, no, it was good and it is good, but it's not as good as this newest thing. You need to experience the growth. And and I would also highly recommend checking out the music videos, some of the visual uh, stuff that they've put out to go along with this music. Yeah. For some people, it might be a little over the top. For me, it just adds to the atmosphere of the music. It's really kind of crazy to me that we are living in a world where four dudes that wear masks and capes are this close to being a mainstream thing like i mean will they ever have a song on pop radio probably not just because that's that's just not how the music industry works anymore but do they have songs that could 100 percent slot next to a taylor swift song or a weekend song yeah kind of yeah so it's it's very interesting that when you see the visuals 
put with the music, it's it's a whole other experience. Right. No, agreed. Agreed. And it's it's something I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't want to say I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing the band. I'm just looking forward to seeing the whole thing all together. Yeah, it's it's something to behold. And and I, I really can't wait till I get to see them live again. And I feel feel so silly for not paying better attention when I already did see them. But hey, you live and you learn. So right. It's and you good. don't get loves. Those are terrible diapers. I huggies. Said you go with huggies. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, what album are we talking about next week, Monster? Oh, so next week is Radiohead's OK Computer. Yes. It's, I think, one of the most important albums to the mid-90s, personally. But we'll talk about it more later. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. Good morning. Have a good day. Later. Later. <laughs>